Hey, y'all, it's Becca Hayes here, and here's some fun facts for you. Utah is ranked number three as the most toxic state in the country. Lead, arsenic, fluoride, chromium-6, that's the Aaron Brockovich chemical. Remember that movie? And there's hundreds of more toxins and chemicals found in your tap water. And all of these chemicals are known to cause so many diseases. Here's some big ones for you. Cancer, infertility, Alzheimer's, and the list goes on. Enough is enough. I switched out my entire water system in my house. So now I'm drinking and also my kids are drinking chemical and toxin-free water. And I can feel the difference. And I have the solution for you. Enaviv Water. It's an independent water research and consulting firm. They come out and test your water for free. It's for free. And then they tell you what's in your water. Don't you just want to know what you're drinking? I think you should know. Get your water tested today. Anywhere in the United States, they can test your water and help you fix the problem. Check out my friends at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Or call 801-993-0080. If you mention my name, Becca Hayes, they will give you half off a chemical remover. Chemical free is the way to be. Hands off my boo, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes. And I have some, and I say this every time, I know, but everybody's special to me. So I have some very special guests with me, including Jacob again. So he's turning into a regular. So thank you, Jacob, for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. And I have this wonderful couple before me is Angela and Sean Bly Miller. Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah. And you guys kind of heard a little bit about Ange when I, what, the podcast prior to this, I think we talked about our relationship and how we met yeah. a little bit. So crazy. Right? I feel like I've known you forever. It was at Enaviv. It was their grand opening. Yes. That's the water company that you need to actually have your uh, your water tested by, FYI. For sure. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in Utah. Utah is like the worst. It's toxic. So bad. Like It's like number three. On the toxicity level. Scary. It's insane. But so we met at the Enaviv Grand Opening and this girl, she gets it. I felt connected to you too. I know. Like I just, I'm like, oh, we're supposed to know each other. And I feel like we already do. Mm-hmm. But we do now. Yeah. We're... <laughs> what did you say? Someone was trying to introduce us to each other. And I was oh like, my hey, gosh. Becca, I'm supposed to introduce myself to you. And she was like, hi. And then she's like, do you want a hat? <laughs> and Eva was like, I'll sign it. You don't even ask for a signature, but I'll sign it. And Eva thought that was so cool. Do you want my, my autograph? <laughs> <laughs> tell them, the, wait, real quick though. Tell them the story about how we were talking and we kept, oh my right, gosh. I can't remember. We kept getting interrupted by what that dude. We got interrupted by someone like passing out and having a seizure. Oh, that happened too. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. No, it's not funny. Hopefully they're okay. They're fine. <laughs> and then this guy kept, do you even know who he is? I have no clue who he is. He came up to us and he, we were trying to take a picture together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, yeah, so I checked out your show. Like, I follow you on Instagram. We have we actually have some mutual friends. And he like kept 
chomping on popcorn and like while he's like right. me talking to you and I like kept making eye contact with you I'm like I'm like I, is he gonna know that we're trying to take a picture yeah, like he's hitting on you while we're trying to take a picture and I'm like dude is this a did- dude you were talking to when I got there yeah but that, I didn't like, marketing dude yes yes, yes. yeah that's yeah. the dude that she's talking about yeah, yeah. he he was like trying I'm like I'm so confused are you flirting with her or are you trying to like get your marketing stuff to her. I, I feel like it was a I mix. Know. I think mm-hmm. there was a mix. Cause I think there was some motive there to where like, Oh, I could use this for my business, but then also, yeah, I'm just going to throw my fishing line out there. Yeah. That's his backup. He's like, Oh no, I was just talking business, been, yeah. but this was all business for sure. Plus, <laughs> I'm actually dating. Chomping on popcorn. Yeah. yeah very like, distracting. So <laughs> we got some friends to, we got some mutual friends. <laughs> Like, so awkward. I think I even interrupted him and I was like, hey, we're, we're taking a picture. <laughs> I just go away. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. then walked away with his popcorn, That's his hand, his popcorn. one thing that you'll learn very quickly about Angela. She has sensory overlo- uh, overload, which is auditory processing disorder. Oh, you're just going to give me my diagnosis. <laughs> just throwing it out. Jeez. <laughs> Too <laughs> many sounds and I struggle, okay? Oh, I That's mean, that. Let's you wanted on. an introduction that's... <laughs> Shit, we just dropped a We're bomb. We're getting vulnerable real fast. <laughs> I need a bomb button. Where's the bomb button here? Let's see what button this is. Come on. Oh, no, that's not it. No, definitely <laughs> not it. Not one. it. Okay. Matt! <laughs> Matt's not here anymore. <laughs> Speaking of Matt, <laughs> some people have messaged me and they're like, hey, are you podcasting with Matt anymore? Like, where did he go? What happened? Probably a weird time to go here, but go ahead. No, just, <laughs> I'm just going to briefly... <laughs> Speaking of Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, I it's been on my mind where I've, I've forgotten to tell people, but we have no um, animosity towards each other. We're just decided that we, <laughs> we just decided that we don't do well in business together. So we decided to part ways. <laughs> we decided to part. I'm so glad I'm not filming these episodes anymore. What are you talking we, about? We decided to part ways. And yeah, so we don't, we don't work together anymore. And therefore we don't podcast together, which I mean, I'm not saying he'll never be on the podcast again, but he's doing the physical thing. He's ripped as fuck. He's really good at the physical training. I think. Yeah. I think he does really great. I don't know, Matt, just to be clear. I just heard a couple of the episodes with Matt. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to throw that out there. Now that I have that off my chest, let's get back to business. So Angela and Sean. Angela and I obviously hit it off. And then I met that same day, I met your little guy, Theo. Yes. And he was all over the place. I noticed there was balloons everywhere. He was throwing balloons everywhere, which I'm like, oh, he's just a kid. Freaking darling, cute. Like I, I I mean, I'm a boy mom. So I'm just like, I get it. Like, I'm like, I will never judge any mom anyways. So I'm like, he's just having fun, whatever. It's a fun event. No one cares. Did you see how he got into the cupcakes? Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, the cupcakes was an issue and is what ultimately led us to leaving. <laughs> oh, no. Well, what? I mean, he doesn't do well with dyes. How old is he? Theo turns six in June. Next month, he, he turns six. Hmm. So crazy. So, yeah, give us a little introduction. Okay, so, well, now I, I want to know about the dyes. What happened real quick? Oh, so that's why I had someone there with me. Sean couldn't make it with me, but I had my mom come mm. and... My mom had a heart. I mean, he's freaking fast. He's real fast. Oh, yeah. And when he sees something that he can't have, it's like he's so sneaky. So it's like he walks past something and it's like ninja move. Like <laughs> arm goes out, grabs the cupcake or it's like just a yeah. like finger licking. It's crazy. But he's he doesn't speak, but he's very intelligent. He'll watch. Oh, you. yeah, he is. He'll watch you watching him. And then the moment you don't watch him. 
He's in trouble. Yeah, two seconds. He's gone. So anyways, dyes we found with specifically like red and blue dye. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's no longer allowed to have because he's up all night, like legit on crack cocaine when he has dyes. I know dyes are bad, but I didn't know what they actually really did to the body. I just knew they were bad. So I, I try for the most part not to give them to my kids or buy things that have, especially red. Is it red 40? Is that the dye? I've heard red is the big one, but red's the biggest one. I think a lot of people respond poorly to red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like anger, aggression, uh, red dye is a, uh, associated with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so crazy. But anyways, yeah, dyes are no bueno, especially for Theo. So then I soon realized that Theo had a vaccine injury. Yes, we dove in deep to that like pretty quickly, right? We yeah. had you and Jacob over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of gave you a backstory on everything. So we can dive into that if you want. Oh, I'd love to. I, w- I want to hear about it because I think everybody needs, because, the, you know, the mainstream media doesn't cover vaccine injuries. Mm-hmm. The CDC probably doesn't report nearly as much as they should on vaccine injuries. Nope. Um, and people don't really, they don't realize it. Like they, we've been told, um, you know, our parents gave us vaccines. Their parents gave us them vaccines. Obviously, as the years go, there's more vaccines, more and more and more. So it's like you're just loading a little baby full of tons of vaccines. Both my kids aren't vaccinated. And which was one of the hardest decisions probably I've ever made in my entire life because I was a black sheep. Um, my ex's parents thought I was insane and in how I was putting my kids at risk. And still, till this day, people that are pro-vaccines, they think I put my kids at risk. Trust the science, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, everybody's everybody does it. Like, what what are you doing? Like, what if they get polio? Like, they just throw out the the big, you know, the extreme diseases. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm sorry, the research that I did, because I dug deep, I I didn't feel right. It just didn't sit with me as a mom. And so, I I made the you know informed decision to not vaccinate my kids. And luckily, my husband at the time, you know, he's just like, you know, I'm just gonna go with whatever you decide. He was getting pressured too by his family. Well, let me just jump in here because I think it's kind of ironic that if you've ever watched streaming TV and you have the commercials for the latest drug coming out, mm-hmm. what is the last minute of those those commercials? Like, side effects. Side effects, you right? You may die a horrible <laughs> death while they're smiling people dancing and flowers. Yeah, exactly. But you won't have diarrhea. <laughs> However, vaccines, uh, they're not the same. Like, why like if new medications are being released and they're by the same drug companies and they're saying that there's adverse reactions to these new medications that they're advertising all the time and that and then yet vaccines don't have side effects don't have adverse reactions at all like just sit with that for a second before you cancel us before you turn us off just sit down and think about that for a second because that's racked my brain over the last couple of years as we've dove into this investigation mm-hmm. and research. It is weird. The way it's presented is it's like, this is what you do. It's not even presented as a decision. Like, do option. you want to vaccinate your children? Right. Mm-hmm. It's come in for your vaccinations. You're given almost no information. We probably get a huge form that we have to sign or something. I don't even remember. With the small print, like just tons, yeah. But I mean, there's so many things effects. that we just except as that what that's what you do and we trust blindly um 
I may be an outlier here. I had my child vaccinated, like, because I wasn't in a place even where I was questioning stuff, mm. which is where most parents are. Yeah, I believe. of course, of course. Um, it's not presented that way, so it's really weird that it's just buried. We don't well, know. your confidence level in your research has to be so high to challenge someone in authority. If your pedi- pediatrician is saying, hey, your kid needs to be vaccinated, it's time for him to receive so-and-so vaccination. Yeah, exactly. You're you're, you're viewed like, as, a, as a psychopath for yeah. resisting. Well, and we were. And yeah. me too right here. Because, I mean, thank, thankfully, my pediatrician was at least he was understanding. He's like, okay, when you're ready. I had almost like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it right now. See, and that's like the, like abnormal. That's not norm. No. And I know that. And that's why I'm thankful for my pediatrician because he didn't push him on me, but he did was like, okay, well, they're not vac. They're, you know, they haven't got this, this and that vaccine. When, when are you, when do you want that done? And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. Then I kept saying, I'm not ready yet. And that, and two, like, that's how I almost would appease other people. Like my, my in-laws at the time, I, I don't feel comfortable yet. I still have to research more. And as a mom, you know your children the best and a dad. Like, you know your kids the best. For well, sure. Let's be fair. I didn't really dive into the research. I kind of thought my wife was a little crazy in the beginning of this research. Uh, I thought she was, um, you know, wives' tales, uh, hokey pokey type of um, theories, mm-hmm. hippie logic. Um, but because she dove into the research far before I did, and then um, she no, presented... No, but from the very beginning, you said this is vaccine. Well... From the very beginning, and I was like, no, no, no. But I, then I dove in deep to helping him, like, through other biomedical ways, and then you... And then we were able to confirm that it was a vaccine injury. Well, I, to be fair, I, I said, does he have autism first? I was the first one to say that. But yeah. I think you were the one that said... I think it was vaccines that caused it. And it was after the fact when we looked back historically as we met with different specialists to look at a full historical account of his medical treatment from in utero to present day, we looked and we looked at two actual vaccinations that were, one was given to Angela when she was pregnant. The DTAP, right? Yep, Yep. the DTAP. At 32 weeks, Theo stopped progressing he stopped growing and at that same week angela received her ddap vaccine and And we didn't find this out until like two years ago yeah and then and we're looking i mean we didn't connect the dots Mm -hmm. we we looked at the dates and we're like what else could it be Mm because we had everything tested like the the placenta the blood flow the cord like everything was tested and they're like we have no idea why he stopped growing everything looks perfect so then fast forward four years and we're diving into a new specialist and he asks us to get Theo's vaccine history even in u- utero and we make that correlation at 32 weeks. I received the DTAP and I was like, oh my hell. Like- so that's the first step. The second step was he was speaking and we have videos of him speaking and we're at an indoor soccer game and he says, go daddy like repeats and mimics. And it's not just one word. Like he was saying a few words like that, go daddy. But like he had, I would say anywhere from like 20 to 30 words. And he would also like parrot or mimic anything that we said. Yeah. The things that I remember, go daddy, uh, more ball, please. We have videos of him using sign language uh, for more, please. Thank you. And oh no, his nanny took the video and we still have that. It's up on Angela's Instagram. 
Well, this is recent for us because it's really fresh. We just launched our own podcast, Pure Living Family, and we, we're going to dive into this history as well because we think that everyone needs to, to go and, and evaluate this. And the thing is, is his regression started, he got the DTAP about 18, 19 months. And then his regression happened after that. And it was slow. Some kids you'll see, like you'll hear from parents and it was like, overnight I lost my son. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was very, very gradual. Well, and he stopped responding to his name. He stopped making eye contact. Gradually. Uh, It wasn't just like overnight. He stopped interacting with others. And that's the thing that people are like, even with the the current vaccine is like, oh, I got a vaccine. I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything's fine. Really? <laughs> what are your side effects going to be in five years? Exactly. Yeah, nobody knows because it's typically a couple months after that it starts to kick in, chronic illness starts uh, inflating and, and blowing up. And so that's the biggest concern is this is freaking a, a test. Mm-hmm. This is gene oh, therapy that people are going through. The coronavirus vaccine you're right. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's now going back to Theo when you started noticing him not responding, not making eye contact, obviously like what was going through your mind? Um, I kept taking him to his pediatrician. Of course he kept like having like ear infection after ear infection and was on multiple antibiotics and his doctor was kind of like, you know, regression can be normal with kids his age. And now looking back, like that should have been a red flag. Like regression is never normal. No, it's not. Never. That's really strange that he would say that. Sleep regression, yes. Like, that type of regression, yes. But, like, his amount of regression, like, kids don't just lose words. That's Mm -mm. not a normal thing for anyone. No, if anything, you can't get them to shut up. Right. Yeah. They don't lose the words. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. So, we did multiple testing, and we did, like, I mean, his doctor was like, maybe he has congenital hearing loss. Maybe, like, it's one thing after another. We did so many tests. And we had about six months of so many tests. And the last one came back normal. And I was just like, nope, I'm done. Like, I'm so done with this mainstream medicine. And you have to, like, no, Sean and I were not hippie at all. Or, like, not earthy we were not like into alternative medicine at this time like that was not on our radar at all not anti-vaxxers nothing yeah no so I just had this like mother's intuition that I was like we have got to change his diet and I just had this like feeling like we have to change his diet and it has to be gluten-free dairy-free because I just you know vaguely read that it was you know caused inflammation Mm -hmm. so I was like Sean we're gonna try this and he was like no 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 Right? You were like not for it. Well, so in my memory, the biggest thing was, so I'm working majority of the time. She's spending most of the time with the kids. So I'm getting translation through Angela. And so I'm like, at first, I'm like, I don't know, maybe you're making this a bigger deal than it needs to be. And then her mom and her grandma had watched Theo on separate occasions and they had commented that they had yelled for Theo to come and he would not listen. Like he would even be going to the road and they'd be yelling at him to come back now Theo and he wouldn't even acknowledge them. And so that kind of stuck in my memory. The other thing was, this was age like two. The other thing that stuck out in my mind is Ange told me one day that Eva came to her crying. Eva's so Eva's our daughter. A, yeah. Eva's our daughter. She's, she's a couple years older than Theo. And so she had come to Ange and was like, crying and saying mom why doesn't theo love me and and she's like what do you mean and, and she's like all my other friends brothers play with them and laugh with them and theo doesn't play with me and so i came home that night she told me that story 
And Ange and Eva had actually recounted it together with me, and they both were, again, emotional. I'm like, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe Mm -hmm. something is going on there. My daughter's confirming my wife. I need to listen. And when she first told me to do the diet, I was like, you're crazy. Like, this this is hippie logic. This is not going to make sense. I grew up in a family that had Doritos and Gushers and fruit roll-ups, and we'd eat snacks all the time. Yeah. So when she said... Just let's try this diet. And I was like, and I think you presented two weeks. Let's do two weeks. And I'm like, fine, I will commit to two weeks. And after that, we're going back to normal because I don't believe that this logic is going to do anything for us. Yeah. So I just want this out of the way, gone and forever. So you never bother me about it again. You missed your gushers. I get it. I get it. (laughs) And my Doritos. (laughs) It's funny today. Theo still tweaks out at Doritos whenever he sees them because he doesn't get them. (laughs) Oh, poor thing. (laughs) But so so we set a a goal, two weeks. Okay, we're going to fully commit. First couple of days, really hard. He's hungry. He wanted his staples. We wouldn't give it to him. After a week, we both were like, whoa, this is actually working. Yeah, he started responding to his name again. He started making eye contact again, and he felt like he was more present. Well, and Eva even came in and was like, Mom, Dad, did you hear that? Theo's laughing at me. Wow, this is after two weeks. This This is is after one week. One week. Of his diet being changed. Removing inflammation from gluten, dairy-free. Soy. Soy Soy-free. So you took out soy, you took out gluten, you took out dairy, Mm -hmm. and... Was he an all, all organic? Like what type of? No, it wasn't even organic. Okay. It was just those three things. Okay. And I mean, at the time he was living off of like carnation instant breakfast drink. And so I changed the smoothie. I changed some different things. And he. It, well, you removed the dairy from the, because it was normally milk. Yeah. So you put like al- almond milk and then it was like f- fruit from there. Yeah, pretty much. And we like started getting him back and just, he was more present. His like eyes weren't as cloudy. Like he just seemed like he was starting to come back to us. So then I, Sean was like, okay, you're onto something, whatever you're researching. Cause I, at this point it's like, I live, breathed and slept like researching, mm-hmm. researching everything. And I would like dove in so deep and I connected with a whole bunch of parents on Instagram And I kind of created my own little community. Um, I have about like 10 women that we chat every single day. And they're all into like, you know, healthy living, healthy lifestyle, organic, all of this low inflammation type stuff um, Mm -hmm. for their kids as well. And so we just, I dove in so deep and Sean was just like, okay, I trust you, whatever. And that's kind of where everything started. Yeah, it was like. Between ages two and three, it was like I was working full time in software sales and I would come home and I would just be drained from work. I'm like, you're the boss. Whatever you say, I'm going to follow because you've done the research. I don't have the time. She'd try to download all the stuff she would research when I got home. And for a while I tried to listen, but then there got to points where I was like, I can't take on any more than what you're giving me. So like you do the research. I trust you. What you think is best, I'll do it. I'll fully commit mm-hmm. because obviously what you've you've found has worked so far. And there's a couple of times where we even had fights. And I was like, I don't want to hear about the latest research. Like, I just want a night to just watch TV. Or even and- just like autism. Like, let's not talk about autism. So we ended up getting an autism diagnosis mm-hmm. when he was three. Um, we knew it was coming. Um, but we got that diagnosis 
mostly so we could get therapies. I know that parents are afraid of like getting that diagnosis because they don't want to label their child. Yeah. But for us, it's like, I'll do whatever diagnosis code we need to be able to get the therapies. Let's reverse this. Yeah. Yeah. So we need speech therapy. We need occupational therapy. We need all of these things. And like, we dove in deep to all of that. And I know like a lot of therapists are against like the alternative things that we do, like diet and like, you know, other things. But for us, we just found our people. And if the therapist didn't drive with what we were doing, then we found a different therapist. And that's really where I gained like a lot of confidence in myself as a mom is like, and my, also my intuition is just trusting myself. And I know that I'm Theo's parent for a reason. I know I'm his mom for a reason. Mm -hmm. He was given to me for a reason. And I just like took, took that and ran with it. And I advocate like crazy. Advocate like a mother. Well, (laughs) like a mother. No, we can cuss on here, by the way. (laughs) I don't know why I edited myself. (laughs) Never, never happens. Uh, You know, the interesting thing is too, with doctors and specialists, we forget that we pay them. Oh yeah. Right. They're our employee in a sense, right? In a sense. Absolutely. So why not if they're if you're not feeling if it's off and you're and you want a second opinion, why not go to another one, to a third one? Like it 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 makes me sad that some people just it's end all be all with one person. And you have to realize that even doctors have gotten C's. They're not straight A's. All right. the, you know, there's not all straight A doctors. So, and you have to remember where these doctors are funded. It, there school, you go. That's key right there. Okay. Let's talk about this in medical school. They don't have a like semester or even a class on vaccines. They learn in like two hour lecture, the vaccine schedule. And that's basically it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't learn who's funding them. They don't learn the toxins that are in them. They don't learn any of these things. They learn the CDC schedule and that's it. And guess what? They get paybacks. Oh, a hundred percent. Pediatricians. Our pediatrician that we have now is amazing, but he has even told me, confirmed it, that if a certain amount of his patients are vaccinated, he gets a big, big payback. Like a ton. Well, if you think about it right now, just what's going on in the world right now, and I'm not going to like jump into the COVID vaccine. I mean, I obviously I'm not for it at all, 100%, because for for one, it's not even a vaccine, it's a test. Yeah. It's it's testing. It's gene therapy. Exactly. And you think about that, all the incentives pe- that people are getting just to get the vaccine, it's, bl- it's blowing my mind. Like get a free donut for the rest of the year at Krispy Kreme if you're if you show your vaccine card. What the fuck? Get entered into win a million dollars in Ohio. Oh, I just read that one. Yep. Yeah. Mine's blown. Sad. I I it, it has there needs to come alarm an alarm on in someone's head when people are pushing something so hard and even giving you money to get it. Yep. Okay, what there's something fishy here. For sure. And like if you take a step back You Okay, for anxiety meds or depression meds, you know, the doctors tell you, it might take you four or five meds, maybe even more, until we find the one that's the right fit for you. Mm. A vaccine, it's a one-size-fits-all. Every single person, it's going to be perfect for? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. There's no way. Okay, my question to you before I forget. Now, knowing what you know and all the research that you've done, because you've, I mean... 
I know you've spent endless nights, yeah, weeks with no sleep and just researching the hell out of this. Are you against all vaccines or just certain vaccines? Um, for me and my family, we will no longer receive any vaccine. But I, for my followers, I have a large, not a large, but a smaller following on Instagram. I tell my followers, go with your intuition after you do the research, but also wait until the blood brain barrier is established with children. It's when they're three, three years old, the blood brain barrier is established because we're shooting up all these newborns with toxins that pass that blood brain barrier straight into their brain. Mm -hmm. If you're going to vaccinate, do it at a delayed schedule, space them out, never do more than one in one visit and wait until the blood brain barrier is established. But for, for our family, because of the things that we've seen with Theo, we will, we will never get another vaccine. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. Just look at some developed countries, Japan, I'll use as an example. And they always wait until kids are three, two to three, before they start pumping kids full of vaccines. Mm-hmm. And it's that same theory, the blood brain barrier is when you look at vaccines, you have, you have to have binding ingredients uh, for the different chemicals to react and, and stay together. So, aluminum, mercury, formaldehyde, all of these. And the argument we always hear from people is like, oh, it's a small amount that your body just detoxes. Yeah, you're, and an adult body will detox. You're absolutely correct there. But however, a lot of times our Theo boy is a perfect example. He has uh, gene mutations, MTHFR mutations, where his body is unable to detox. Mm-hmm. So therefore, these type of binding materials, these metals, these toxic chemicals are stuck within his system. And so then they cause disruption. So just think about that for a second and even look at Germany and Japan and some of these other medically established countries and see how they treat vaccinations. We have the highest rate of vaccinations around in, in developed countries. Well, and it- I mean, you look at the vaccine schedule and how it's changed over the years. I'm 34 years old and I received a total of like 16, maybe 18 vaccines. Look at the schedule now. Oh, it's like tripled. It's like 72. They're supposed to receive 72 by the age of like three or something. Do you know when like Japan and Germany, how long have they been doing that where they'll only do it at three years old? And do you know if they have different stats on like autism? They do. They do. Well, I mean, and the thing to think about is 1986 is the year that... this is a huge important part to think about. The the year that the government made it illegal to hold vaccine companies liable. Mm -hmm. So at the time in 1986, you had like measles outbreaks and... um, there's a lot of government push to get vaccines for some of these uh, illnesses. But vaccine companies were really hesitant. They're like, this is a lot of liability, pumping kids full of um, different medications and chemicals. I don't want to take on the liability. So what the government did is said, okay, we're going to make a law that you will not be held liable. If something does happen to kids, and through adverse reactions, we're going to set up a separate fund and we will pay out from that fund, which is actually funded by our tax dollars, mm. 
and the NAEIA um, fund, uh, fund is what it is. It's like where you go and report. VARES. VARES. It's yeah. where you go and report the adverse reactions. Of which, if you want to, just this last week, the Texas Senate had in front of the Senate doctors actually testifying in front of Senate these exact facts. I'm not making this this shit up. This is actual true, real data. The, the Texas, it's online. Go search it up. Texas doctors um, and VARES. testify Go look at VARES. about v VARES. And they even state in this tes testimony that 1% to 10% of total adverse reactions are actually reported to, yeah. to VARES. Yeah. 1% to 10%. I read that two weeks ago. So how many kids are going injured? Not just kids, but how many people are going injured and not reported yet we get these cdc numbers that it's like oh it's safe and effective for 99.9 .9 of the population well that's not accurate mm -mm. well who does these studies who funds cdc that's another question yes. you want to dive into the historical data here who actually funds the majority of cdc well the fda and the cda or cdc is very corrupt in itself yeah. They're both funded by Big Pharma. Yep. Which is the companies that can't be held liable for the the vaccines. Isn't there a conflict of interest here? <laughs> well, of course there is, but I mean it's it's never covered in the mainstream media, so people don't realize it unless you do your own research. <laughs> you know what was funny? I heard Joe Rogan this week talk about that conspiracy theorist. Do you know where that actual terminology comes from? I'm curious where from the uh, JFK assassination. So when they wanted to shut people up of different theories of the second shooter on the grassy knoll, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. So they isolated those people. They already demonized them. They get rid of them. Oh, no, you're you're wrong. That's, that's been proven wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, it hasn't. Did you know that there was 30 people that witnessed a second shooter on the grassy knoll? 30 people. That's sad. That's not something that you just make up. Yeah. So conspiracy theorist is just a terminology that you use to shun people, to isolate people. Mm -hmm. And so since the 1960s, yeah, that's been happening. I'm proud to say I'm a conspiracy theorist because, right. uh, you know, people are more and more people are seeing the truth and more and more people are, it's getting, I, in my opinion, I think it's getting flip-flopped. I hope so. I really do. I really think. And I don't know if it's because I'm starting to learn where my people are at and we're coming together. And so I'm surrounding myself with that family. I don't know if it's that. And I've just kind of like, you know, I've obviously I lost a ton of followers and ton of friends when I decided to f not fight, but in a sense, yes, against the government. And I said, this is corrupt. This isn't right. The whole mask wearing thing, like everything, the whole vaccine, you know, it just dropped like flies. But I also gained so many people that were like me and that thought like me. And well, so I don't know if it's because I'm surrounded by them a lot now. I'm just seeing like all their stuff. But I feel like people are starting to wake up. Well, I'd listen to your first couple of episodes in preparation to this podcast. And I got to say that I, I respect you a lot because, and Andrew's the same way because she's been speaking out about this for years now about she'll post vaccine injuries of other families that send it to her and she posts it on Instagram and then it's deleted after yeah. a while and then she reposts it. And there's a real fear of the cancel culture because in your current work environments, if you do speak up, you're treated differently. 
and you're seen differently. And so there's a real fear of you getting losing your job, losing your employment, mm -hmm. which you've experienced, yep. right? And yep. so how do you come to terms with that? Because I still wrestle with it where uh, I, I haven't been as brave as Angela has been, where I have posted a few times, but then there's like, I don't want to deal with the conflict. I'm not going to post this because I'm, I'm afraid of people's reactions. So in a sense, I'm censoring myself. This is how I've come to terms with this. I finally have just let go of the fear and trust. I've put trust in a higher being, God, the universe, whatever you call it, whatever you believe in, the higher power. I put my trust in that and I know that good will always prevail. And that's how I figured it. Because right now, what's going on right now is evil. I'm going to put my trust in you, the universe, God. And that's how I've overcome this this fear. Because it is a fear. It's a fear when, when you can't when you want to speak out and you can't and when you know you should and you don't it's a fear and it's holding you back and when we finally embrace that and face our fears that's when we grow the most and then we get to a point where we we grow so much we become unstoppable well i feel like the reason why i share is for a long time i held on to so much guilt for vaccinating theo i wanted to ask you about that actually so much guilt and that's like a whole other story of how I was able to release that guilt. <clears throat> I went to a, a retreat, a women's retreat, and I was able to, through some Reiki energy sessions and a Reiki flight, actually release that guilt. I was, I, I was ready to release that guilt. But I, I find Theo's story and I share Theo's story because I feel like <clears throat> he, this happened to him for a reason. And he is my child for a reason. This was, I have felt like so much confirmation that this is our story for a reason. Yes. And there's, it's not an accident. And so I want to share the shit out of it because I know that so many other parents are struggling with this exact same thing, but they aren't ready to tell their story, mm -hmm. but they're looking for that connection because they feel so alone and they're not. It has happened to millions of kids, and I get thousands of parents who have told me that Theo's story is so similar to their kid's story. Well, we all have challenges in life, right? Everybody does. Even the people that you look at that look like, God, they, they got everything. They got it all going on. But they right. there's, I mean, the, most likely they're, they're dealing with their, their own demons that you don't see. We all have challenges in our life, and this is one of your challenges. And I've been angry that it's my challenge because yeah, it course. could have been prevented. So, but I've been able to release that guilt and I share and I, I love connecting with other people mm -hmm. and I love, I have had so many people message me and be like, thank you so much for sharing Theo's story because of you. I feel like I can tell my pediatrician what I've always wanted to say and say, no, I want to wait on that vaccine mm -hmm. or even just, no, I don't feel comfortable with that procedure. Little things like I just feel like by me advocating for my son and sharing that I'm advocating for my son, it gives parents so much power and so much, I don't know what the word is. Just confidence. Yeah, confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence that mm -hmm. they can do the oh, same definitely, for their kids. Definitely. And thank you for doing that. Thanks. No, really though. Like, thank you for being brave and noble. You get to the point too where it's like, I don't give a shit if I'm canceled. I'll reshare it again. Or I'll find another platform. We're starting our own podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm 
I feel like this is our life for a reason. Theo's going through this. Our family is going through this for a reason. I'm not going to let it just, we're going to sit here quietly and deal with it on our own. Well, and let's be real for a second because that comes with conflict. You think us standing up and it's a free ride, a smooth ride from there? Hell no, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's family members, there's friends that cancel you. They, they they criticize you. They mock you for believing what you know to be the truth. And it hurts like hell. Like you want to just curl up in a ball and sometimes just cry yourself to sleep because these are people that you love and care about and that have been impactful and meaningful in your life. And then all of a sudden... They're criticizing you They're re- and you feel rejected at the deepest root of your core. And for me, that's been stuff that I've had to wrestle with where lifelong friends have mocked me for my stance. And it's... Well, you have to realize, especially with the vaccine conversation that we're having right now, because if you're right, then guess what? They're wrong. Mm-hmm. And they've already vaccinated their kids. They've already themselves have been vaccinated. So then there's going to be a level of guilt. And people, some people can't handle the guilt. A lot of people can't. Guilt is, is hard in every every angle, every sense. So if you're right, they're wrong. So it's almost like they're putting these walls up. I can't believe him. And I don't even want to be associated with him because if he's right, I'm wrong. Now I'm going to have to go through all my shit and my demons and my shadows and face them. Mm. And that's how I look at it because I've... I've said this so many times. I do not want people in my life, in my circle, that deny someone else's story. Yeah. I I don't want that a part of my circle, in my energy, in, in Theo's life. I don't want that at all. So they can be family members, but they're not going to be sitting at our kitchen table every Sunday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not going to, I'm not going to go out of my way to make time for them if they can't be open-minded enough to believe someone else's story. I'm not telling you that you need to do this for yourself, that you need to stop completely or you need to, you know, that you need to change anything. All I'm asking you is to believe our story, our son's story. And if you can't do that, peace out. Yeah. Not worth your time. Real quick. Just being considerate of that story, right? Like you can completely disagree with us and you can still stay with your stance, but if you're not going to at least show respect and at least give a little bit of uh, hesitation of like, oh, the other viewpoint to think about here, if you can't do that, then we have no energy for you. Well said. Now, real quick, I'm going to shift this over to Jacob, and I'm putting you in the hot seat right now. Okay. So you have your son, Smith. Mm -hmm. He's high-functional autistic. Yeah. For me, I've, I feel like he's doing amazing. Like I've only seen him on the good side. I know yeah. the stuff that you've gone through with him, the whole, just the every day when he was younger, I know it was just so hard on you. We've talked about it. Yeah. What's going through your mind right now as you listen to Sean and Angela and talk about how their son's autism was caused by a vaccine injury? Yeah, so there's a lot. And like the first thing you do when you see your child struggling is you start researching, right? So it's like, I've been down these same rabbit holes, right? And there's there's different kinds of autism, or at least in the way that it manifests. And then on top of that, there's an infinite spectrum of being diagnosed. A lot of people are on it, even if we don't realize that. Um, it was, it was strange with, with Smith because... 
I didn't see the regression like they saw. I didn't have a normally developing child that was starting to speak and then suddenly he's changing. Mm-hmm. That sounds horrifying. Um, and, and it's easier, I think, to trace that to an event because you can, you can, there's some degree of knowing where that happened. When and he evaluating stopped talking. That. Yeah. Yes. With Smith, um, it's my first child. I had no idea. There was no baseline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-wife was a physician, so I sold my company so she could keep working. So I was on dad duty day and night. So I, I blamed myself for anything that I viewed as different or weird. I knew it was insanely difficult, and I didn't know any other parent that was struggling that bad. So do you think it's a possibility, though, that his autism could have been caused by a vaccine injury? Sure, it's certainly possible. she got vaccine, possible. he got vaccinated. It's certainly possible. And, and it may have even been before he was born. It may have been through his mom or... Yeah. Or I have no idea. We don't know, right? Well, and we're definitely not saying that autism, all autism is caused by vaccines. Sure. We just know what has been for our son. Yeah. And I, I mean, we know that autism is significantly more prevalent than it was 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's on the rise. In New Jersey, it's one in 18 kids. Oh, my gosh. So... It's one in 39 nationwide. So it's like one in 56 out of girls, one in 36 out of boys so that's why you come to one one into 39 right so but there's a reason why like our world is so toxic like we could go on and on and on about this mm-hmm. beyond vaccines our food like the Enaviv thing it's yes. like they're dumping fluoride in our water yes. for yeah. the last what 40 years right around the same time exactly. we're getting autism spikes so. our world is so toxic yeah. so could all autism be caused by toxins Maybe, but also autism is kind of a, I always call it a bullshit diagnosis for our son because the autism that you see on TV where kids are brilliant or adults that are functioning, able to have jobs and that are just extremely smart, that's not the autism that our son has. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for the diagnosis and for the therapies that it gives us. But I'm not going to relate to the functioning autistic adult who's thriving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Also, I wanted to mention that Theo has been diagnosed with PANDAS, which is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcal infections. He was diagnosed with that almost two years ago. Um, And we now know that that is autoimmune. It's the same diagnosis as autoimmune encephalitis which is caused or a side effect from the DTaP vaccine. Oh, okay. So that's a common side effect. Yes. Oh. Which presented itself a As year autism. and a half after yes. the vaccine. So we believe PANDAS is Theo's primary diagnosis. That's only recently in the last six months received an ICD-9 or whatever that medical code is called. It's only recently received a coding and is legit code. Do you remember when they started introducing the DTaP vaccine? I don't. Because I remember with my first son, I don't remember them trying to give it to me as a pregnant lady. I remember with my second son, Tucker, I think he, oh, he was born in like 2016, so 2015. They, they were separate shots before. 
Because it's dip, diphtheria, uh, tetanus. Pertussis. And pertussis. They were separate. And then they combined it into one. Okay. The DTAPs, the combination? Yes. Okay. I think the push has also gotten worse for doctors too. Like the kickbacks have gotten larger and there's so many things that go into it. Well, I think it's indoctrination as well of uh, if you don't, then there's the fear that you're going to kill people. Oh, yeah. Like Protect everybody gonna, too. You're going to cause this big breakout of measles, mumps, Rebola because you're not vaccinating your kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Because Harvard just came out with a study saying that the breakouts in the last few years have been from vaccinated individuals. Yeah. Shedding. There's a term right there. Look up, look up shedding. Especially with the new COVID vaccine. I'm experiencing it right now, dude. Are you really for real? Yes. I have felt like I've been pregnant yeah. for the last like month. And my period's late. Everything is messed up. To be clear, she's not been I'm vaccinated. Not oh, I haven't been vaccinated, but I've been around those who have been shedding the vaccine, my patients. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I've been, I mean, I don't ask people when I hang out with them, like, have you gotten <laughs> vaccinated? Majority people, though, that I hang out with are like kind of on my level, but I think there are still some that, you know, I don't, I just don't ask them. Um, you mean you're not holding basketball tournaments right? and asking for people to prove their vaccinations to play in basketball? Yeah, can you can you show me your card, please? <laughs> I need to know. No, but just uh, two months ago, was it two months ago? I mm -hmm. rarely that I ever even miss a period. I missed like for the most part. I think I was I almost a whole month without my period. Yeah, and I was getting like just horrible like cramps, like just abnormal Same. stuff. Horrible cramps. I haven't had cramps since I was like a teenager. Yeah. So I don't know if it affected me or not. I don't know if it's from that. I'm not saying it's directly, but it's. Uh, I question it. Oh yeah, Candace Owens up. talked about it today mm -hmm. on social media. She talked about a bunch of women saying that this is something that they've had as a side effect: irregular menstruation. Well, and then also blood clots, right? Yeah, yeah. wasn't that a, another side effect of of a person? Not vaccinated. Not vaccinated. Being but, around by individuals who have been, and then they have blood clots. Blows kids, my mind. Kids blowing their nose and having these huge blood clots coming out of their noses. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. That's scary. Okay, I'm going to shift it a little bit. Okay. We're going to talk about you, you two right now. I mean, we have been, but in a sense, like, just you two. Now, having an autistic child that has pandas, obviously, it puts it a tremendous amount of stress on your marriage. What has been going on between your marriage? Like what have you been facing challenges? All of it. I have told all of my close friends, we, Sean and I went through a rough part in our marriage when Theo, before autism, when Theo was like nine months old, we went through a lot of therapy and I tell all of my close friends, they know this, that had we not been through so much therapy, 100% autism and special needs parenting would have divorced us had we not been through all that therapy. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. But I think Theo has been a doorway for me personally because I felt when he was about three, because we had gone like a pretty much a whole year where I was just like, okay, I'm going to trust everything Angela tells me to do. Where it finally got to the point is like, I can't keep investing everything, all my energy into her without knowing the facts. But I can't have her download the facts on me. I have to investigate this stuff myself. 
So starting in the end of 2017, early 2018, I, I made a personal commitment to myself saying, okay, I've got to dive in and I've got to start my own personal growth. And so I made a, a goal to read two books a month, every month. And I've done it ever since. 80 plus, close to 90 books now that I've read. Not all about autism. Some of it's just about my own personal growth. And that that's what I mean by the doorway to my own personal growth is because I got to the point where Ange had set this example of being the best mom that she could possibly be for my kid. And then it was my turn to step in and contribute. Um, and so since then, I've read those books. I completed a functional medicine coaching certification, which is a year-long program, learning the functional medicine model, very similar to integrative integrative medicine, which instead of treating symptoms, you're actually treating the, the actual individual as a whole and looking historically at trauma. And wow, yeah. So I, I went through all that. So to, to answer Angela's question, you know, if if we hadn't done the therapy prior and if we hadn't done the work during all of this, there's no way we would have been able to come together because just putting your trust in someone else and fully committing to that, you, it only lasts so long. And I would say we've been able to make it because we, we very much value self-care. Self-care is huge for both of us. And I wake up, for me, I wake up early before the kids are awake and I work out, I run, I meditate, I do yoga. I do all those things before the kids wake up. I'm working on that. I'm trying to get to where you're at, honestly. Some people aren't morning people. I, I know, but I'm going to force myself. Every every day she says she's going to get up with me. It's been about a month now. I know, I'm every working single, on it. I'm going to get up with you in the morning. Okay. Now I just tell her, okay. It's but I want hard. to. I want to because I I feel like when you set the, you set the tone for the day. Yeah. And that's, I want to set that tone. And I'm, I haven't been lately and I can totally tell the difference of when I can actually get stuff done in the morning and then spend time with my kids and like just in a sense try to balance i don't feel like we ever fully like completely no. balance but we're always striving for balance yeah and when you can like for the most part get a, a grasp on the balance it makes it's day and night for sure well and i mean with pandas there's flares and the best way to describe a flare is he is in so much pain and inflammation he is upset and crying and it's it's honestly hell it's the worst thing we've ever been through for theo to be in flares and there there'll be times where it's weeks and sometimes a few months where he's in a flare but i still like he's in a flare for a whole month straight yes oh my gosh and we but still like self-care is so important and sean will be like hey babe you've got to get up and go work out or like or, or he's just supportive or supportive of a girl's night or supportive where he has to pick up my slack because I'm not going to be there to help out. And he does it. And then I do the same for him. And we value each other's self-care so much that I think putting, putting that out there for each other has helped us so much. There's so many nights where he won't be sleeping when he's in a flare. We're literally up all night long and I still get up and do yoga and run and meditate. And I think people are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? I think the self-care would be in sleeping. And it's like, you know what your body needs. Just tapping into your intuition and what mm -hmm. you need and putting everything else aside for a second is so important. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. 
those rough nights are when we need the self-care the most because the stress levels are at the, the highest peak. And so that's where we both made a commitment that we each get our own time where we separate from the situation, whether it's me going to play soccer because I'm a big soccer guy and I, I leave for a couple hours and I go and kick a guy because I'm pissed and I mm-hmm. go foul <laughs> at someone. <laughs> Uh, or she's off going uh, on a girl's night like she mentioned or she wakes up uh, Wednesday mornings early mornings sometimes and goes hiking with friends those moments there's like a recharge moment for us to then confront and and, and take it's on not easy like it makes things a little bit harder when we do leave right because then there's not two of us like oh yeah it's hard mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to take on more responsibility while the other person's gone but we make it a priority, and I think that's how we've been able to get through it. Well, I mean, how did you? I feel like there has to there. It comes a time to where you stop feeling guilty, having allowing yourself to have self care, because for me, I mean, that's something I still actually struggle with. Is like even on the weekends I don't have my kids, I feel guilty mm-hmm. when I'm trying to enjoy a vacation. Um, so, but I've come to terms that I know it's important. I understand that it's just getting that that old mindset out of the way there Mm -hmm. I think the way I got there is like during the hard weeks and months of like flares where we're not sleeping we're not I knew I this isn't sustainable like I can't take care of this child long term and keep doing what I'm doing 100% for him 100% of the time and Sean and I both felt that and it was it wasn't really much of a a discussion, a conversation. It was just like, we both knew like back to the basics therapy, like self-care, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, there's times where sometimes I'll feel guilty, but not very much because I know 100% that Sean, he's got this. Like you and I went to Arizona. Like I didn't worry about it for more than a few minutes. Like he's got this and full trust in each other. And yeah, there's been some times in our marriage where I'm like, Oh, I don't know if he's going to get all the supplements right. I don't know if he knows exactly what to do for these things. But it's like, guess what? He, mm-hmm. He'll he forget for a second and he's going to be up all night with Theo because he gave him die and he'll learn. And I think complete trust in each other. And it's like we give each other room to, to make mistakes and then we learn from it. I would just say that <clears throat> give yourself like two weeks because a lot of times people are like, they come up with these ambitious goals of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the next six months. I'm going to work out every day and I want to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And it's these huge bites, which is unrealistic. Um, I think take the example of the diet that we did, the two week. Okay, we can commit two weeks. I'm going to do this for two weeks. I'm going to fully commit for two weeks. And then if it doesn't work out, I can make the decision there. And I can tweak it. I can reevaluate it. Yeah. It's not so end it's, all be it's all. It's a small bite size. Like how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned, um, I played college soccer and sometimes we'd have training at 6 a.m. And it was hard waking up. Sometimes I'd have to wake up at like 5.15 in order to um, get to practice on time. So waking up is really difficult and it sucked to get up. But then the feeling that you get after training, after you've done the workout, that's what you have to like hold on to. And that's mm. why you have to like carve into yes. your brain of this is why I do it. It's because the reason I feel right now 
Yeah. And then we get home and we're back to, you know, the shit show of being in a flare or sleepless nights. And it's like, oh, well, I've got this because I just, you know, recharged. Yeah. It's a, it's a give and take constantly. For sure. So how's Theo doing right now? Give us an update on Theo. Oh, he's so good right now. Knock on all the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's doing so good. Um, we recently started homeopathy, like a hardcore uh, specialist in pandas and pans for homeopathy, and he's doing really well. We have him in... Um, some different routines and some different things that we've been trying and he's doing really well. Super well. I love Best it. Best he's ever been. Yeah. I, I, I watch your stories on Instagram, Angela. So yes. I, I just, and I, I know I've commented. I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes me so happy to see that he's eating the foods that you're giving him. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's like you keep trying different foods. You're like, oh my gosh, he's eating this just like a champ. I'm, like, I'm just like, it's amazing. Because it's like when I met you, I think it was like, what had been like two weeks since his flare? Like, I don't yeah. remember. Was it two weeks? Yeah. Of the worst flare he the, ever had. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know Angela during the flare times. I only knew Angela during the good, like the up on the up, you know? And so me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes me so happy. It's almost like I'm anticipating for something, which I don't want to throw the vibes out. I'm not sorry. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But I'm saying it's just, it makes me happy to see that, that it's continually going up. And I just like, we feel so grateful for our followers, for you listeners that give us that good energy because mm -hmm. we feel it. And I know that Theo feels it. I know that he feels it. I've talked to him about it in the middle of the night. And like, I, I know like as a family, we feel the good energy, the good vibes, the prayers, like we feel it so much. And we're just so thankful that we have this community because I know that so many people don't. I'm going to touch base on just going off of what you just said right now, how you feel people's energy and how you like, you just know that it's working, like all their positive vibes. There's a, a story that I recently uh, listened to. It was about, it was a woman that got in a car accident and she ended up having an outer body experience. When she was out of her body, she heard all the negative. She could hear everybody and saying like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late for work. Oh, how long is this going to take for cleanup? All these negative things, right? Because, of course, when you get in a car wreck, like, you have the backup traffic, okay? Mm -hmm. There was one car that she heard. I'm gonna, I got, like, crazy goosebumps right now. There was one car that she heard praying for her, saying, I hope this person's okay, whoever this is. And I'm sending all my energy, all my positive thoughts, and I just pray that they're safe. This one person, out of all these other people that are backed up all these cars with these negative thoughts... And that resonated with me. It's like our thoughts are so powerful and we don't realize when we're, we wish harm on people. It sends that negativity out in the world. Anybody listening to this right now, can we just start sending more positive thoughts and more positive vibes and knock, knock off the negativity? We don't need it anymore in this world. Mm -hmm. It does affect us. For sure. So it affects, it affects our kids. It affects mm -hmm. every, everything, every living thing. Yeah. Well, and I can just speak from my own personal experience where I've I've felt the energy from people around the globe where I wasn't even the recipient of the message. They sent the message to Angela saying what a great mom and uh, great family that Theo's story is so appealing to so many people. And we feel that energize our entire family. And I know it sounds woohoo and crazy and 
but we feel the energy, the spirituality. I believe in spirituality that those thoughts is energy that you're sending to people. 100%. I want to thank you all for joining me today. And I just, I love you both so much. And I know that we were meant to come together for a reason. And I feel like our path is starting to unfold. And I love it. Thanks for having us, Becca. We love you. Anytime. And you guys are know you're gonna be on the show more 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 times than this right <laughs> oh, now. So, so don't sure. think you're getting off the hook. Okay. We have so many things to talk about. I mean, we got a lot of subjects to cover because I mean there's like Jacob's hair. Right? Can we talk about how amazing your hair looks? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I just want to thank you so much. And is there anything else you wanna say or um if you wanna follow along with Theo's stories every day. My Instagram is Angela Bly Miller, B-L-Y Miller. And we share the shit show. And, and all the highs, all the lows. And we're starting our podcast, yes. Pure Living Family Podcast. Wait, say, say it again. again. Pure, P-U-R, Pure Living Family Podcast. <laughs> I love it. PureLivingFamily.com. Hey. Right. Sounds like a commercial ad. <laughs> love Thank it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.